Just outside of Austin, high as I've ever been. Just outside of Austin, I think I fell in love with you again. My body temperature went up when you just did that. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you know that you do that? You know that you do that. All right, folks. Welcome back to the Eric Anders Lang Show. Gratefully brought to you by Precision Pro. Our friends, maybe our family, maybe we're related. How many years before they become family? Isn't it common laws like 10, so we got six to go? Yeah, we'll check back in then. Well, Episode 800. <laughs> Uh, the Precision Pro NX10, speak of the devil, is here. And if you haven't seen it yet, you need to. It is the first customizable rangefinder in golf. Literally, there's like an interchangeable side plate. I think it's pretty sick, actually. And uh, so you can change the way your NX10 looks to fit your style. Um, and you already know that. We <laughs> yeah. So we got some RGC designs coming. Have you seen them yet? I saw the like makeshift ones because yeah. they came down and people were printing stuff off of like in color and taping it to the sides. Yeah. But they're pretty sick. Yeah, so we've got the RGC Rangefinder Part 2 basically coming. Uh, if you've always wanted a Rangefinder, take your game to the next level by going to precisionpro.com. Playing with a Rangefinder is a whole different game. Um, so anyway, uh, very excited to show you the new RGC Rangefinder coming out with the NX-10, which is, honestly, it's the best Rangefinder they've ever made, and that's from their mouths. Not to say that the other ones aren't good, but it's fucking good. This show today, um, obviously, you know that we've got Lucas Nelson on the pod, which is, I mean, JoJo, hot take, said you you said it was your favorite episode you've ever heard of the show. I would say so. And I'm biased because I was there. Uh, but also, it was, it was something we'd manifested a long time ago. We did a Q&A in December yeah, forever ago. And I think you just played the song just outside of Austin on your phone. That's true. To the mic and spoiler alert. Uh, you'll hear it again, but it won't be on a phone because Lucas is singing it himself. Dude, is, did you get chills when he sang it on the show? Uh, yeah, and I got chills when I edited it, and then I got chills when I turned it into a TikTok, and then I got chills. So oh, it's on TikTok? It's yeah, if you go over to TikTok now. Is it on now? Who knows? Can I watch it and then listen? Can, can we listen to it on the show? That'd be a great feedback. Are you one of the people, when you're listening to this, do you get up at four in the morning and hear the pod, or do you check it out in the afternoon? Because if you're, if you're <laughs> at four in the morning, go back to bed, hit the go, snooze. Go to bed. Listen to it later. Uh, quick updates from the RGC world. Uh, we've got a video coming out today that I've, I mean, honestly, like, totally ridiculous scottish I don't, what's the title of the video is there a title uh we've been going back and forth i'm voting for the most illegal shot in golf bang san andrews yeah i like that so we were in san andrews and there was this folklore of a of a person myth, mythical like ghostly figure that hit a shot from the dunvegan which is the world's most famous 19th hole right off of the 18th green at san andrews but it's but it's not in direct sight line of the 18th green so we thought and there's this story that I've heard is, can, can someone hit the green from the Dunvegan? And it's about a pitching wedge. And uh, we found a kid named Harrison Crow from Australia who offered to uh, attempt the shot. And that's the YouTube video that's out today. It's pretty awesome. Uh, a little special announcement at the end of the video. So go check it out immediately. And also... You got to go check out the new RGC Radio YouTube channel. That's right. We've got YouTube videos on video now. YouTube, what the fuck did I what? just say? That doesn't make <laughs> any sense. I'm a little tired. We've got podcasts on video on YouTube. You've been asking for it. Not only are we going to be uh, doing weekly pod videos, 
but also going back into the archive because Eric's been talking to some interesting people for years. Oh yeah, we got Sam Jackson in there. Exactly, and people yeah. that uh, I don't Bill know. Murray. Well, Bill Murray's not a full pod, but we'll just put it on repeat. Just he's, it's a seven minute interview. Just go to the RGC Radio YouTube. Just watch Caddyshack there. Don't just worry about the rights. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah, so the RGC Radio YouTube channel that is big news. So go check that out if you're kind of like wanting to get into the deeper visual. Because I mean, here, let's face it, this would be a good pod to watch on video because Lucas. You know, good looking guy. He's not a rough stone for me. You know, he's just a. Is that does it make any sense? Uh, I don't know. I think it's more Rolling Stone gathers no moss, and no moss has been gathered on that fair haired man. He's just so Lucas. If you're listening, thank you, thank you for being being in person. <laughs> Appreciate you. I mean, great segue. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the last RGC news I have here is that the polos are out. Oh, which one is your favorite? I am a big. Well, I mean, that's a tough question. I mean. Uh, there's so there's three polos that are out. One has the a flamingo basically, uh, and then the other is a palm tree with a golf club. I have the tattoo. It's hard not to love that one. But the other is the pitted. It's a surfboard golfer. So I think I like the fronds, the the palm tree golf club. What do you like? I like the brown one. I like that colorway. Yeah, that's the same one. Yeah. Oh, okay. You like so, the same one. So we're on the same page. We're literally we're on the same page. <laughs> we're in the same room. We're on the same page. Same mic. Um, all right, so thanks to Precision Pro. Without further ado, Lucas Nelson on the Eric Anders Lang Show. <laughs> we'll, we'll intro it later. Lucas, you, like, when... my One of my favorite things is kind of asking people how they see themselves. Because I feel like you could see yourselves... You, yourselves. Do you have multiple... First question, do you have multiple selves? That is a long answer. Let's see. Do I have multiple cells? Yes. I mean, there's quite a bit, uh, quite a few voices that pull me in different directions. But uh, I think that uh, I identify with the collective, you know, unity of the universe. In some ways, you know what I mean. Like I, f- I feel like we're all just one light of consciousness or self awareness, and then we like we're kind of just living. Have you ever seen the egg? No. See, the egg is like this, um, it's like this online uh, little video. Uh, Kurzgatz, have you heard of Kurzgatz? No. So it's this, these science videos that are online, they're all animated and they're badass and they're super cool and they go through all types of concepts and super fun stuff like what would happen, like they break down like what happened when the asteroid hit the earth and exactly what but it was the animation is just incredible it's been going it's been going on for a while and it's sponsored by this app called brilliant okay which is like you can pay 150 bucks for the whole year and just take any class you want on any subject so like you know it's great like i'm taking an engineering class and molecular biology and stuff just because they make it super fun to like learn about these things and i figure you know what better way to spend time than just sort of learning and so having said that um there's a little video by kurzgatz it's called the egg and it talks about a philosophy that we're just like you know these multi-dimensional this multi-dimensional sort of consciousness really that just sort of like you will be and live the perspective of every single human being or every single living thing or possible consciousness in an infinite amount of time as the universe just expands and contracts, right? So you'll have the, you will, you will experience life as every possible perspective. You'll be Gandhi, you'll be Hitler, you'll be 
you know, like you will experience every single possible lifetime over the eons and just, we don't remember it so that it's a lesson every time. And then you sort of like, just, you know, it's just all multidimensional theories and stuff. Like we're all experiencing, you know, time relative, relatively at once. And, uh, you know, and so, yeah, just fun stuff like that. So I do identify with the collective unity of the universe. I guess it's not surprising. I mean, you spend your time, maybe you're in a small category of people that bring people together to feel something. Man, I just feel like, you know, sometimes I feel like we're playing violins on the Titanic, you know, but also, you know what I mean? You know, sometimes I just feel like we're just like whistling, whistling in the dark, you know, whist, you know, fiddling while Rome burns. But at the same time, I believe in the natural balance. Things just sort of, I just, I just, you know, the more you step back and watch, you just see, all right, things are going to go this way and then they're going to come back this way and then they're going to go this way and just keeps going like that forever. And so I just, you know, as John Lennon says, washing the wheels, you know, playing music, trying to just have a good time, share a laugh. Um, as Ricky Gervais says, uh, uh, he had a laugh, then found a lump. <laughs> That's what he wants on his epitaph. <laughs> That's kind of dark, but I thought he's no, funny. I love that. He did a whole 60 minutes interview I watched last night where he's just walking through a graveyard and talking to, um, oh, I forget the guy's name. He was kind of funny too. Uh, but they were walking through a graveyard and and uh, just contemplating death. I think Rinpoche says, if you're going to think of anything, contemplate the hour of your death because it'll make you just appreciate life more. And like, where do you want to be at that point? You know, we just have like this tiny little sliver of time that we get to experience at least that we're aware of our own experience, you know. We may, like I said, experience every possible reality, but, uh, you know, we only know about this moment in time. There's a great practice by the Buddhists where they make this sand mandala art. Have you seen that? Mm -hmm. They sit in a circle and they spend weeks just chiseling the tiniest little grains of sand into the most intricate uh, portrait of sand art. And then the practice is once it's all done, they, they chant, they pray, and then they just destroy it. And then they put it in a, a vessel and they just send it out to the water as a prayer, right? And that's life, right? You, the more intricate you get it, the more beautiful you make your life before the inevitable disappearance of everything, the more it means when it goes away. If it was just a pile of sand and you destroyed it, it doesn't mean as much. But like the more intricate, the more focused, the more you just dive into life and do as best you can and have as much fun as you can, knowing that it's impermanent, um, the more beautiful it is and bittersweet it is and monumental and celebratory it is when you finally let go, you know, have to do the big letting go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm, I've like... I feel like a lot of people probably probably get very emotional or even cry when you like sing or play guitar and and I'm there and we have we're just talking. No. It's it's the it's the it's the light we all share. It sounds cheesy as fuck, but it's the light. <laughs> it really does. It's just like 
you know, but the funny thing is, is there's the these sort of these tropes, these sort of cliches that just last because yeah. they're real. You know, when they were doing acid back in the day and mushrooms and they, they were like, oh my God, God is love, you know? And they're like, oh my God, love is the answer, you know? Right. And it's just such an epiphany because up until then you're like, oh yeah, of course, love is the answer, sure. But it's not until you really feel it that it becomes so much weightier yeah. than like, and it's really hard to feel that. Like it's hard to get to that place where you just suddenly like, what have I been worried about this whole time? Why is it hard? Because like, we're like, we play these stories and these, you know, we, we like, we, we identify in such a, a local way to whatever's going on. It's almost like we get caught in the dream of what's happening and we just get so caught up in the, and we forget to realize that we're just, a speck of dust in a universe that's bigger than we can even comprehend. And you know, like when you can finally internalize that and not let it scare you, not let it be a, a dark thing, let it be, but yes, but you're also part of this, the cogs and wheels of the greatest machine that, you know, in, in comprehension, which is the unfolding of life itself, right? It's like, so you're part of something much greater than yourself. And whether you want to call it whatever, God or the universe or the multiverse or the, you know, or just not nowness or whatever. It's all relatable between us all. And it's cheesy as fuck when you think about it. But that cheese and that cringe for some, it's almost like, oh, I'm, I'm, I kind of like my dark place. I want to stay in that dark place. And that's just cheesy. That's just too positive, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, no, man, let's fucking live it up, you know? Based on the, 10 minutes or so that we've been talking, you wouldn't strike me as a person that plays golf. Oh, but uh, golf is so Taoist, so Zen, you know, man, like, it's like, if you can be, if you can play good golf, it's because you dove into it and put so much focus in it and just lost yourself and became you know, really in tune with your body, you I feel like you want to just dive into things that keep you rooted, right? And you got to be aware of your body and its movements. And you ha and the less you think, the better you play. It's a metaphor for life. You know, the it's like it's like ninja like when you can really hit a good shot because it is that type of coordination. Really good golfers like Bo and you know, Bo Hostler and, and, and Justin Thomas and, and, uh, you know, and Tiger, of course, they get into this place where they're nothing else. It matters. It's, it's called Satori, which is the zone, right? Golf, music, all these things require tempo, require rhythm, require sort of, um, an ability to let go of the last shot even. And try and erase that moment so that you come to the next one. Each each moment in life is your shot. It's your golf shot. You know what I mean? Like this podcast is a shot. You know what I mean? We we we're we're all we all I, the and and the better golf you play, the more attention and focus and presence you give to each shot. So it's really a lesson in being present. And how do you react when shit goes off? You know, like do you get super pissed off and break your clubs? Like we all have gotten that mad before, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, some don't, some do, whatever. But you learn that. You take that, and you're like, oh, cool. 
that's my reaction to this. How can I just over time lessen that? And I think that spills over in the rest of life too, you know? I'm having an image of you um, backstage, walking on stage and beginning to play music. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering when does that Satori settle in for you? That's a good question. It's different every night, I think. It's, it depends on your sort of where you're at, whether you're distracted or not, and how the crowd energy is and everything. Um, but I've gotten to a level now that's sort of like, like I, in terms of relating it to golf, I'm at the professional level to the point where I know that if I have a bad show, it's still the equivalent of a 70 or a 71. You know what I mean? Like, that's a bad round for me in music. You know, like if I have a few mistakes here and there, or if the sound's not quite great or whatever, I know that I can still get that crowd on their feet and dancing every single time without fail or feeling something emotional at the right moments, bringing them on that journey, all of that. I've developed that skill enough, put enough focus and time into it, that that Satori, it comes inevitably for most of the most of the round or the show, whatever you want to, you know. So at this point, I'm at that point where even if it's not that great, it's still really good, which is, you know, com comparable to a tour player, you know. So I'm, I'm new to Austin. It's been almost a little under two years for me. And I, and I saw you play, I think it was the first show back at Anton's mm -hmm. and, um, Antones. Antones. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, we know all those guys, so we better get yeah. it right <laughs> here. I would have, I would have done that forever. <laughs> yeah. it, it, and, and I hadn't heard, um, the song, uh, I think it's called just outside of Austin. Right. Yeah. And I was like, overwhelmed with a feeling of like place and like you know it, there's there's a few things that made me feel very like cemented here like you do when you when you go somewhere new and i mean i'm just having this idea here could you sing the refrain i mean i can try let's see just outside of austin high as i've ever been just outside of austin I think I fell in love with you again. <laughs> Dude, I came home and I played that on repeat for days. It's, it's like, I got hot. Like my body temperature went up when you just did that. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you know that you do that? You know that you do that. Oh, I don't know, man. I just, I just try, what I'm doing is focusing on getting like whenever even in those little moments right it's just like all right tuning am i in tune am i on key uh, what's the timbre of my voice is it soft does it sound harsh can i roll some highs off of it you know all these things are part of the fun of it too it's not like i'm in my head but my consciousness is aware of these things so i'm trying to 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 it's almost like I'm trying to just paint it right in the lines, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you spent a lot of time learning how to paint. Yeah. Like you worked very hard at it. Yeah. I, I still continue to work hard on it. I mean, like I said, 
music is very much like if you treat it like an art, if you treat it like a sport or something, it's just it's just you can just keep going and going and going and getting better and better and developing different sensibilities and and the ability to to like just it's like you're you're rendering this digital art almost in more and more high quality detail mm. as time goes by you know and it just becomes oh i didn't notice that before or oh, you know and even in terms of songwriting like this next batch of songs that i'm writing are all geared towards just live show having fun sing alongs dancing upbeat good times uh, with a few good ballads in there and you know a well-rounded but like tempo filled just having fun and I, so I'm, I'm 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 trying to navigate the artistic waters and also like how i want to present our show live and what type of environment i want to create i want people to go and have fun and try and forget about the world for a bit you know and from all walks of life from the you know right wing left wing it doesn't matter i music is for bringing people together and i think that that that's where i think i do think that there's power left in music to do that yeah. you know i'm i'm curious you know you talked a little bit about taoism and i think we both share some interest in those kind of teachings and um stoicism I, i'm kind of curious to know your position on like, I mean, as a creator, are you invested in the process? You must be over the goal. There, well, I just, cause I end up, you know, cause you've made your creation, your passion, your work. And so I have found for me personally, it is hard to snip the line that goes to goal. And, and forget the goal and, and ignore the goal and remember that. So I came here for a purpose that is to create something that has a benefit of positive vibration. I used to feel that way. I used to feel like I came here for any type of purpose. I like, I kind of, when I was growing up, I like had this sort of dream and I, you know, I have, I did sort of make a, sort of inner pact that I wanted to give back as much as I take in life and sort of at least create a flow, you know, and a balance and not hoard energy. Uh, just be like a cancer cell in the body where that just takes on too much and can't stop. You know, I don't want to be, I, I'd like to be able to recycle the energy I get into the community and into the world around me and sort of be like, okay, if I'm being given this stuff, then I got to give back. And I got, and it doesn't feel like I'm doing it out of, out of um, a sense of like wanting to change the world or feeling guilty about anything or like, you know, I just do it because it feels natural to, to have a, like a balance in life. And it feels like it sort of makes sense to sort of, you know, like a rising tide lifts all ships, you know, like when, when my tide is rising, I'd like to bring around, bring up the people around me if I can, you know, um, and a lot of, I'm really pr like proud to see that a lot of other musicians are very, it's not a competitive vibe in music, which is really cool. At least in the type of music that we do, you know, it's more of like a, we just, we just happen to respect what one another does and we lift each other up. Um, so yeah, and, and 
but I never really feel like changing the world or doing any kind of that, like making, you know, the world is just a big back and forth of positive and negative, and it's going to be that way for eternity, and there's always going to be darkness, and I just sort of like being on the side of just being mellow and positive and light because it's a lot easier on my nervous system. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a lot easier to be that way. Uh, it's just more, I feel like when I just sit back and I let things happen, they just, they tend to happen better than, than if I try and just assert myself too much. Yeah. I see that the natural order of things happens to be generally seems to just flow in a good place, at least from my perspective, and which I recognize that, you know, every single person has a different experience in life, and I've gotten extremely lucky. So I guess all I'm trying to do is just be appreciative of that luck and try not to get in the way of it and just be, you know, do what I do, have a laugh, and then hopefully when I'm, you know, on my deathbed, I've got someone's hand to hold and family around and we're just like, it's, just, it's okay, you know. It's where I'd like to be anywhere. <laughs> That's hard on the road, though. Yeah. All right, sorry for the uh, harsh cut-in, but I wanted to expand on the topic of, w w we were talking about deathbeds? You're, there's no way you're doing this right Let's now. do it. If you want to die tonight... Mm -hmm. Die right. And by die, I mean experience subconscious, that wow. deep sleep. Mm-hmm. What's the deepest sleep you've ever had, Jojo? Such a good question. I've had some um, some airplane sleeps mm. where you wake up, you don't know where you are, both literally, metaphorically, and uh, existentially. The deep, uh, the deepest sleep I've ever had mm -hmm. was the was the night that you and I, mostly you, unpacked <laughs> unpacked the eight sleep at my house. The craziest thing about the eight sleep is the listeners of the Eric Anders Lang show they don't even know who else has slept on the eight sleep because there have been guests of the show that I've talked to about the eight sleep that have said, Hey, can you cut that out? Not because they're not a fan of the eight sleep. They're customers. If anything, too big of fans of the eight sleep. Yeah. They're too big. And they were like, you know, ultimately, you know, I'm not an ambassador for the brand. I just was gone for a month. The thing I missed the most, I missed some things. I missed some people. I missed a dog, but I missed a bed. Yeah, what was the first night like back? Home? Did it, did it say, I missed you? Dude, my <laughs> mouth you was watering. It? My mouth was watering to get into bed. Like, I was just like, I was like, so, and you get into bed and you just feel like you're, have you ever, have you ever had something happen where you just feel so goddamn comfortable and safe? Yes. Yeah, that's that. I've been in the womb before. <laughs> that's every night, dude. It's every night. Anyway. You can go to 8sleep.com slash E-A-L show. You can redeem exclusive 4th of July savings and start sleeping cool this summer. Here's the thing. It's currently shipping to the USA, Canada, the UK, which is new. They actually, they weren't doing that, I remember, because I was telling some friends in Scotland about it. The UK and select countries in the EU and Australia. So even though you may not live in America, you can celebrate your sleep freedom. Get independence of sleep problems. People age at different speeds, and the date on your license may not represent your inner biological age at all. You know how it is, racking up those extra miles. Like an old, old Subaru in the uh, icy climate of New England. I know it. Yeah, I was thinking of a wagon. A wa oh, just a wagon on, the, like Oregon on the Oregon Trail. Trail. <laughs> yeah. Just like, uh oh, you have contracted dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for ways to extend your health span and slow down the aging process, the key to longevity is to understand your DNA. 
That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to improve your metabolism. Reduce. I'm trying. I'm going on a different. I'm trying to do I, something. It's new ad, new speed. Yeah, I'm trying to just like relax a bit into this, you know, because this they're related, you know. But Inside Tracker, obviously, you know about Inside Tracker if you've been listening to the show. We're on a journey together, and I'm at the end of this. I'm going to offer you 20% off everything in the store. But let me finish the ad first. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. Yeah, and you can you can get everything you need here. Inner, inner age 2.0 is interesting. Anyway, it's a definitive calculation of your true biological age. I'm waiting to get mine. I'm a little hesitant to open it up. Anyway, at the Inside Tracker store, you can take 20% off everything if you use the code EALSHOW. Whatever they sell, it's going to be cheaper for you. Thank you for supporting the show, Inside Tracker. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash EAL show. As you kind of talk, I get filled with like a bunch of different thoughts about what we could talk about. I, yeah. I'm going to go back to the earlier one, which was um, we played golf and we'll get into the story of the golf course that we played in a little bit. But yeah. when we played golf, you didn't strike me as a technical uh, golfer. I'm wondering if you're if you ever got into the technical aspect of your craft, like like voice coach, uh, things like that. Oh, or, or, in terms of music, yeah, like guitar. Were you were you ever like, I want to um, learn this trick and I'm going to obsess about this thing, this riff. Maybe earlier on when I yeah. first started, I I was really into playing guitar. But then I got into this point where I realized that that I felt that I could write songs better than I could. Like I knew that if I just spent eight hours a day, which I used to do playing guitar 24 seven, I could be really technically proficient at it. And I still feel like I'm a pretty good guitar player, but I never wanted to go that extra mile because I, 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 I felt like at a certain point I'm learning these other licks where I need to, I needed to get away from this idea of of just and I, and I wanted to go towards like what comes out of me what what naturally comes out and can I make a new sounds come up you know can I can I eventually if because when you're practicing like that and you're being very technical you're you're watching videos you're you're learning techniques that other people have perfected and that you're sort of just copying and so at a certain point, I, I, I wanted to stop that and sort of like go away from that and go towards maybe a more play exactly the note that you hear that's needed and let that guide how your, your playing de develops. And with golf, I actually want to, I've been, I just haven't had time to really dedicate towards the technical aspect of it. Like I, there are, there are days when I can play really well and I feel like my swing is really technically sound and then it just goes away because I, I don't, I don't give enough of a constant effort to it. And that's the funny thing is that I know that you, ha I mean, I, it's funny when people like who are scratch golfers and be like, oh, if I just applied myself, I could be pro. It's like, yeah, man, no. <laughs> That's a lot of it, words. It, you know, if if applying yourself means you quit work <laughs> and spend the next five years every single day for eight hours a day perfecting it, then yeah, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, it's a, almost disrespectful to say to a pro player, like, oh, yeah, I, if I just applied myself, you know, because 
the the level of of talent between a scratch golfer and a PGA pro is it's almost like the divide between Jeff Bezos and then the, the next closest millionaire. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just, it's, it's not in, in the same league. It's the amount of focus it takes. And that is very similar to music and guitar playing and, and shows and being comfortable on stage and all these things that go into being a professional musician that is a touring musician that can do well live and have songs that people remember. And, you know, there's a whole plethora of things that go into actually having a lasting career in music. And uh, and so, you know, that's a lot of the advice that I give to to young people when they ask me, like, you know, well, what should I do to get started? And I say, well, number one, you should have started a while ago. Number two, <laughs> you better quit everything and dive in. Yeah you know just dive in because there's so much you got to learn and there's so much you got to do and you can't just do it half-assed if you really want to be an artist and a musician and and a true and truly make it you know this is a very very difficult path that's not rewarding for a long time in terms of any financial gain that's for sure you know i'm curious to know i um i watched a star is born and um had a lot of personal connections to that film for a few different reasons. I'm, I'm curious, like when you saw the finished product, like what did you feel like? What, what moment in the film were you like, wow, like what did anything hit you where you just like felt it, where you saw the fruits of, of everybody's labor just come together in perfect harmony. Yeah. You know, when you watch it, you just see that, uh, well, that frankly, Bradley knew exactly what he was doing. Um, he brought a really good team around him and uh, was just willing to put in the time and the work to make it uh, a beautiful finished pro- project, you know. and uh, What a heartbreaker. Yeah, I only saw it once. I couldn't watch it again. Really? Why not? Well, it's just a little heavy. A little heavy. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's I, a little dark. Yeah, well, and, and the, the, the end is, is like... Um, you know, I've experienced a little bit of that type of thing in my life, you know, from friends and family members I've lost. So it's just one of those, you know, it's like, you know, like I'll, I'll only watch Schindler's List one time too, you know what I mean? Because it, it's just like, you know, it, it was powerful. I needed to watch it. I was happy to watch it, but, you know, it's funny though, Star is Born, the first hour and a half is very upbeat it's awesome yeah, you're stoked. You have like, no idea what's i'll coming. watch the first hour and a half again that's yeah. for sure <laughs> yeah as someone who's sober myself like that was definitely like hard to ponder what do you i mean being in a world where um to some extent greatness is often linked with uh illness if you will or you know some some type of like self damaging behavior i mean you know like Music is always kind of stories are always. Yeah, you know, man, that's you know, there's there's all kinds of paths that you can go down with music, and that's the dark path, man. That's like you know, the that's where the devil comes in. You know, it's like it, it you don't. It's just not needed. It's a temptation. 
that self-destruction. It's like, it's not a temptation. It's more of like a, an ignorance. You don't, you don't know that you, that there's a better way. A lot of times, a lot of people feel like they have to be like Icarus and fly into the sun. You know what I mean? They have to just give their whole souls, not just their lives, but their souls to the dream that they have, because that's my dream. And I better just sacrifice everything to do that. And it's funny that, that, there are studies that have been shown that like that it's much more rewarding to have like to put 80% of your efforts into five things in life, for example, in creating a family situation and making sure that like if you have 80% of your attention on these, you know, and you do these five things 80% well, it's it it leads to a lasting sense of happiness in much in much more cases than those who go 110% into one field and give everything up you know to do that you you don't really find a lot of happy people in that well with that in you and a lot of people are willing in the beginning to sacrifice their own happiness they're like, well, my happiness isn't important, especially if they believe that they're doing it for good or for like the better of the world. And, and there are stories that people tell themselves to make themselves feel important, you know, <laughs> which is like, you know, it's, it, and then they justify treating themselves bad or treating other people bad because it's there to them, the ends justify the means. You know, and it's, uh, I think, I think that's, that's a dark path. I think it's better to just get as good as you can at all types of things to become a well-rounded human being. You know, it's not that you don't give a hundred percent. It's just that you're, you're like, I won't get, I won't, I never wanted to become, love Jimi Hendrix. I think I'm a huge fan of his. You know, I'm a huge fan of how much he gave to his art, but I also feel sad for him because he gave so much attention to the, the, the idea of going out, being a star, having fame, giving it all, and then not treating himself well and not like in, and neglecting other parts of his life that, that make longevity and growing and learning an impossibility. And so I can guarantee you, you know, if he maybe if, if he had just, if he had the chance to do it over, he would have might he might have said, well, maybe I should also focus on how to treat myself well and like build skills to last a long time in the business. And, you know, uh, and so I have these guys that like that, that I get to watch and see like my dad, B.B. Uh, King, Bob Dylan, you know, these guys that have sort of stood the test of time, you know. And, uh, and they have become, especially in later in my life, my role models more than, more than the Hendrix who of course, you know, all respect, but I just feel that there are those types of people that are more well-rounded that I can take these, I, they can become my heroes, if you will, because it's a better example to follow. What, um, like, kind of looking at that as an example of being a teaching for you, is there any kind of 
teaching that you find yourself going back to throughout your life that you're like, it's a book or it's a something? Yeah, all kinds. What sticks out? Siddhartha is a good book. Um, yeah. The Alchemist. Siddhartha, the, 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 for those that haven't read it, that's the story of the Buddha as told by Herman Hess. Yeah. Uh, what is it about that? Because I, I haven't read that in a long, I read that in rehab. <laughs> yeah so it's been a minute what, yeah what is it about that book that gets you it's just uh you know it's a story of coming into one's truth you know coming into one's enlightenment and 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 sort of it's the the ultimate sort of hero's journey right you just you you kind of pass through the fire and find the light you know it's like Pass through the fire. What do you explain that? Go deeper. Well, I mean, you know, I think every archetypal hero goes through this dark point and the the low point in their lives. And the, this the sort of the thing is, if they can get the this, the game is, if you will, that you know you if you can stay strong and and hold on and persevere through this darkness, then you come out obviously much stronger it's the, the butterfly chrysalis or the caterpillar chrysalis butterfly metaphor it's like every sort of hero's journey has this point where they face the darkness and uh and and you know it i think it it does tend to rear its head in every single buddy's life mm. and you know how you react to adversity is how you know who you become i think you know and so i always say i you know i i prefer to be around someone who's been to the depths of darkness and out because i know that they've built their character far more than someone who's never had to go through that type of fire you know and that doesn't mean that you have to sort of go you know fire can be in your mind and your heart and depression and you know or family situations that cause you to just get down or you know all these situ things in life that but you know i believe in the individual power to overcome you know and uh and so when the hero that what we celebrate in stories like siddhartha is i mean he was at the point where he was going to kill himself and he pulled himself out he had this epiphany and sort of got through it and then became obviously the Buddha in late, you know, which is sort of metaphorically that he spread his wings and became who he was meant to be, but he only could have gotten there if by going to that dark place, you know? So I think that's why it resonates to answer your question, yeah. you know, cause we all kind of go through that. Here at random golf club, we believe in playing reckless golf. But staying safe at home, that's why I use and I recommend Simply Safe. Simply Safe is the advanced whole home security system that puts you, your home, and your family safe first. The last thing you need is someone getting in there and messing with your the juju on your clubs. Because sometimes that happens. If you don't have Simply Safe, people come over and they'll put grease on your clubs and things like that. Um, so anyway, you all are aware of my 15-pound, 15 15-year-old 15 uh, poodle Bichon Maltese named Snowball. And as much as he is a barker, he's not a guard dog. So uh, Simply Safe solves Snowball's problem so he can actually take a bit of a break, which is nice. 
um, 24-7 professional monitoring, not only against intruders and burglary, but also against expensive home hazards from flooding to fires. But uh, Simply Safe does have agents. These are humans that act in a moment that a threat is detected, and they dispatch first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home, um, which is pretty cool. And the system is affordably priced at a dollar a day. A dollar a day, that's actually like kind of an insane deal. Um, I feel like I've probably said that before, too. Uh, but feeling safe shouldn't break the bank. A uh, dollar a day. I feel like Suzanne Summers. Anyway, you can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash EAL show. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. All right, folks. And this ad is really exciting because I ingest this material all the time. It's carbon. (laughs) (laughs) It's water. No, it's magnesium, folks. And here's the thing. I have been taking magnesium now for what? Like two months, I think. Ever since we met Will Ahmed. That's right, because he pitched it pretty hard. He hit me with the mag thing, and I was just, now I take it, and I'm just, I'm a restful bro. And you've been using Bi-Optimizers Magnesium. I literally rest in peace with Bi-Optimizers <laughs> That's Magnesium. Or we care about sleep. Yeah. Truth, truthfully, about 75% uh, of people don't have enough magnesium. They have deficiency. They don't even know about it, and it explains why so many people have sleep problems. When you can't just make magnesium, you have to literally consume it either through food, which is pretty hard to do, but this supplement is a great way to supply your supplement supplies with magnesium. Anyway, you take two capsules before you go to bed, and bam, you'll be amazed how much better you sleep, and so will Emeril. Um, I feel a lot more rested when I wake up. If you want to feel the same way, go to magbreakthrough.com show. And use the code EAL show for massive savings plus an additional 10% off any order. Yeah, um, you've seen these savings. Like you go there, it's like 23% off. Oh, right. 23% off. Yeah, they, these they are crazy savings, mm-hmm. dude. Like you should go to M- Mag Breakthrough, M A G Breakthrough, T H R O U G H dot com slash EAL show. The savings are kind of zany. You're talking about how really hard it is to say, you know, I, I'm going to go make this a job whether it's a guitar your voice or the yeah. golf club and i was thinking about you you also are in a small group of people that you've i've played in a pro-am before like one day with a with a pro here and there but you did that dance with a player rec- this year with bo hostler yeah you played at the at&t at pebble and you and spyglass and where's the other third course uh mpcc yeah mpcc and you guys performed and I'm, and I'm just curious to know what, what was the thing that you saw out there with him? And you were just like, wow, like that's a, that's a, that is, you know, the hero's journey. Like you talked about. Well, it's funny. Cause I sort of, the first day was MPCC and it was, it would have been the longest round in PGA history. No joke except that another group finished five minutes before us. So we would have had the record for the longest round in PGA history. It was like six and a half hours. And it was crazy conditions. Justin Rose told us, he said, these greens are faster than you'll ever play on the PGA tour. Really? He was like, this is like open level. Like this is really gnarly. And so I played the worst round of golf I've ever played in my life. Like I literally, I think I put up, probably would have beat my record if I even, cause I picked up a lot. I was just like, fuck, you know, yeah. 
I'm just not going to play. It was just bad. Very bad. Played terrible. Whiffed it, you know, and they missed the ball in some occasions. Like, it was really bad, you know. And on a, I'm an eight handicap, and at home in Maui, I'm shooting 75, 77, 81, 83. You know, it's like I'm yeah. just doing my thing. Not not Thursday, was it Thursday would have been the first day at MPCC. It was, I nearly quit golf. <laughs> I was like, it was one of those just like, I remember looking at Doug Timmons, my caddy, uh, and just being like, what do people, why do people do this? <laughs> This is yeah. not fun, you know. This is horrible. This is like this is the most punishing thing. It was a long round, and Bo shot one over, Whoa. and so he was having struggles too, you know, for him. Like we were talking about earlier, you know, a struggle for him is you know one over. And and the funniest part was, I you know, I go up to the green. I just at one point I was just like, Bo, sorry, man, you know. And I was like, this never happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, ah, you know, and then the next day I came and it was just completely different. I think I shot 83 and I was getting like ups and downs and bombing it down. And I, I was really playing well. And then Bo started going off and he just went like six under, you know, something. He shot 65 or something, you know, and that was in a spyglass. Right. And then Saturday was even better it just kept getting better and better and you know i, I made a, a birdie on on uh the par 5 14th i think oh yeah long one up into the right up into the right and and that was what got our team into the uh into the cut that was what because there was a it was a birdie net eagle because that's the number one handicap. So it was a, it was just enough to just get us in the slot for the cut in the team play. Bo had already made the cut a while ago, but you know there were a couple great ups and downs, and then and so it just kept getting better and better. And I just I think it was just getting more comfortable. And then on Sunday I was just bombing it, driving the ball super well, playing really well. <laughs> Come to the last hole, eighteen beautiful draw down the, the 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 down the fairway just beautiful perfect shot second shot i topped it in the water oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just like i was like walk of shame in front of thousands of people just like that was the that was the sunday final shot for me right. <laughs> but i was very grateful it didn't cost me three hundred thousand dollars or whatever yeah. you know what i mean it was just it was just sort of funny that like i was just like playing lights out and then playing pretty well and then my my uh i still didn't putt very well but but next time i go back i'm gonna i think i'll be less nervous going into it and have a little more you know but i think that you know i didn't get a i wasn't really bothered by the crowd i was bothered by I was I was nervous from just the the. I think it was just, just all the excitement just just got me, you know. Yeah. And it's hard, like with music, I can just channel that into something that I've been practicing enough to where I just lose myself and go into satori. And I think that's what these pros do. They don't. I was talking to Bo and we were just saying, yeah, it's like the same. Like I can get, he, you know, he, he came to the luck reunion a while back and he's like, 
he was saying, it's amazing that we could be talking backstage and you're like, oh, I got to go on in two minutes because I had to leave and like I was just going on stage in two minutes. And he's like, without any preparation, you just go and do your thing and you have no fear. And I was like, yeah, well, it's the same. Like, And he was like, yeah, you, you, I can play in front of hundreds of thousands of people and it's no different. You know, it's not, it, I'm just still doing my thing. And, uh, and so, yeah, I just, it, it's the, so many similarities between music and golf. It's, uh, it's kind of fun, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that was a beautiful time. And I, you know, I actually was most proud of my driving on Sunday. It felt like I was just coming, coming in the inside, you know, inside, just, you know, got more distance than I, you know, I hit drives that I think with the adrenaline that I just was like, you know, hitting it further than I usually do and accurate. And it was fun. It was a good time. I'm having like a, like a, like a kind of a, an image on top of another image where I'm kind of seeing you playing with the pros at, you know, one of the most recognizable courses in the world in front of all these people. And then I'm reflecting on kind of where you learn to play the game. Uh, I started when I was really young, when I was like five. I was swinging a club with my dad at the golf course you played, you know, right there. And just, and I, I mean, I remember good, like people saying, oh, he's got a good natural swing. Somehow I fucked that up over the years. But, <laughs> you know, I remember being like, you know, wishing I, I, I wish that I had applied myself at that age a little more to golf and just sort of been like, you know, in lessons and done that, you know. But, yeah. Tell me about tell me about the course. Our course, yeah. Well, it's a uh, pedernalis cut and putt. Um, not a whole lot of rules. <laughs> uh, winter rules all year long, you know. Uh, it's a great lay. It's a really great layout. I feel like, and it's fun. You know, third par thirty six. Um, beautiful area, as you guys got to see, and uh, just it's perfect for a casual round and you want to have fun and you know, you don't mind lifting it and placing it on a tuft of grass <laughs> you find somewhere. Tell me about the origin of the course. Like you, you, yeah, dad, uh, he got it in 1970 something before I was born. And like for the purpose of what? So that he could, so it's right next to the studio that he records and um so he liked to be able to cut a track and then while they're doing the engineering mixing everything he's they like okay and then he goes and plays nine holes and comes back and listens to it you know it's just cut and putt you cut a track and and go out and i thought it was cut like hit a fade no it's cut a track cut a and track then, and, and then, then go play putt. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Is that, uh, have there been any like kind of, it, 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 golf is an interesting game because it sort of attracts a very eclectic group of people I've learned, right? And and I sure. didn't know that when I got started. I'm, you, you probably have examples of that to a degree that few do as far as strange eclectic people coming out and trying golf or playing golf on the yeah. range. Yeah, yeah. Um, you meet all kinds of characters for sure, you know, playing golf. I like going to like a municipal course like Lions 
and just getting paired with somebody random, you know? I just, backwards hat, sunglasses, try and keep low key, and you just get all kinds of characters. And, and when they say, what do you do, what do you say? Construction. <laughs> <laughs> you are constructing something. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a live performance that gets kind of thrown away at the end to some yeah. extent, like a... Yeah. Although it, that probably these days would just open up a whole conversation that I wouldn't be prepared for. Oh, you yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, what you, it's really going off right now, isn't it? <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, it really yeah. is. Those lumber prices. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, did you know that uh, cubic uh, yard of dirt weighs 1,500 pounds? And <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be great if uh, they were, I, I thought of something like, uh, I can't remember. Max Homa had a tweet once where he was like, I, I lied to my Uber driver about what I do for a living. He didn't say that he was a pro golfer and he said that he did something else. And the, uh, the, um, that, then it like, he had to keep the lie going for the ride or something. Right. It'd be funny if, um, you know, if you said construction and then, and then you went through with it and they were like, you know, and then you showed up and like did their yard or their yeah, backpack. They hired me. <laughs> <laughs> said he was a realtor. Oh yeah, he said he was a realtor. Yeah, a lot of questions ensued. <laughs> <laughs> he said he kept going. Oh really? It. I've been looking for places around here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I just I'm I'm just so fascinated by the course, man. Like it's 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 nothing like the game of golf that most people have in their heads, and I'm and I guess I'm just kind of trying to unpack like. It, did did when you do you remember the first time you saw the masters for example no but it was a while ago you probably were young. Yeah, yeah yeah golf was a big part of your life growing up it was it was always a something it was something that something that my dad and i and my brother would do together and just you know and dad's very casual about it you know extremely casual so you know for him the technical part never really was a factor it was funny. I watched him hit a three wood on his 85th birthday. Uh, he hit a three wood from like 150 yards out and hold it for Eagle. <laughs> you know, I mean, he really has this thing where he just like tapped into the, to the universe and just like makes putts and it's crazy. You know, it's like, he's very much like uh you know, the epitome of field golf versus technical golf with him. And he, I mean, I think that, you know, he could have been scratch if he applied back in the day. But, you know, we, we both, we, music is our thing. And so, like, we're, we're okay with just kind of going on feel. I'd love to spend three months at a, you know, at a golf academy situation or just like have a coach really train me for that long to try and dial my swing in to get it more repeatable, to get it more, you know, but it's just, it just is very difficult to find the time to do that when I have other priorities, you know. Yeah, it's very time consuming. Yeah. Um, how did your dad find golf? Did he grow up playing or? I don't know when he picked up golf, to be honest. I, yeah. I'd have to ask him about it when he first played. You you also have like um, the the 
it seems like the concepts that fascinate you most are very timeless and very much um, a journey of self-discovery. And from what I understand, you also have a real passion for um, the the state of our technological world of being connected. And is that is that accurate? In what way? What do you mean? Well, I, I've read some things where you're kind of talking about kind of the, what a time to be alive, right? And And we're talking about the ability to, you know, the website you mentioned earlier with, with teachings oh, available. Brilliant. Yeah. You know, there, there's, there really is like a, you know, going, it's, it's kind of like this sort of like technological spiritual duality that I'm getting at, which I'm a fan of, right? Like you're talking about how at some point we will traverse everyone's life, right? We will, we will experience what it was like for everybody on earth. And how does that then, you know, we, we, we look at the ability to, transmit and download information yeah at such a rapid speed it's it's kind of an exciting time to be able to think deeply but i think most people don't because we're consuming information in 30 second portions yeah you know it's funny like i'm my last album was very very introspective and sort of mellow but like i've been writing now like fun party songs you know, like I'm just trying to now I when I wrote a lot of them on the road and I was like, I want to write songs that people can dance and sing along to for this next project. And so it really is sort of like an upbeat collection of really there's really poignant couple poignant songs in there, the ballads and really so it's a balance. But I really I think that I've just been kind of going away from in at least in terms of my music of intellectualism and going towards just back to feel and back to heart and back to having fun mm. and uh and letting people shed away like just freaking like the way motown feels for me when i when i listen to motown you know or the or the way that yeah but it's not it's complicated in, in its own way in terms of the the approach and the ability to just write songs that are infectious that way but also make you feel something and you know uh, so what do you think of pop music i think that it's a double-edged sword there's good pop there's bad pop you know i think that a lot of it is uh it's just sort of what is behind the song like if it was born of something like for example that um billy eilish is you know obviously an artist and super talented and 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 uh you know Casey Musgraves and, uh, you know, I mean, there are, there are people who are, I mean, I can watch Casey sing, like if she sat here and sang, she'd be just quite perfect sounding. Like her voice is very like smooth and perfect, which is amazing to be able to do no vibrato just to be able to, it's like, it's like, it's like a, uh, uh, you know, just a perfect brush stroke, you know? Um, but there's all kinds of great artists out there. Brandy Carlisle is just super talented, uh, you know, uh, in terms of not pop, you know, like Billy Strings is one of my, I mean, Billy Strings is insane to me. Like, I mean, he's just fucking sick musician so and so fun. And like, you know, uh, so there's a lot of different types of great music out there and it's pop. Dua Lipa's fun, you know, like I, I it's, it's, as far as pop goes, I really like that stuff, you know, at least it's not something I'll turn off, you know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, there are some pop songs that I'll be like, I don't like the energy of this one because mm. I don't relate to it. You know what I mean? Like, 
there's some that I'm just like, eh. But then, you know, like this this record I wrote, this record that I'm 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 working on right now, it it, it sort of harkens back to my party days and sort of gets back into that like the time when I was really feeling like letting loose and letting go and uh, and then you know the pitfalls of that and the, like but it's more like humorous and funny and there's a lot of um i think uh so i've been feeling like it is it's very philosophical but in a sort of ironic way yeah you know and 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 it's fun it's fun to play live which that's really where i i have the most fun is live you know yeah Okay, so some of you I know checked out the Breaking Series at Brookline, which is a mm, tough course, by the way. Uh, big thank you f and for the support from our friends over at Abercrombie & Fitch. They just launched a new golf store, which is actually really cool, filled with a lot of designed options to make you feel comfy, even if you're shooting a 1,000 at the oldest country club <laughs> in America or at your local muni crushing your friend. Uh, personally, I'm a fan of the black... Uh, the black rugby polos that they have. The polos are pretty sick. They're nice, thick material. Uh, but honestly, everything on the site is a nice blend. Jojo, you got a you got a box of Abercrombie. I, I might have gotten one or two boxes of Abercrombie. I shared it around. You, you gave it to some people? Yeah, I, I just opened up the box at the office. And you know how you always say when you get stuff and you open it up, people just come for it? Oh, they come oh, for they it. Oh, they came for this. It was like a <laughs> Night of the Living Dead. It was like 28 so, days later. You get? Did you get in any fights or anything? Uh, no fights that couldn't be settled with some <laughs> old color black polos, uh, nice socks, and no membership required hats. The socks are good. Head over to Abercrombie.com and use code RGCAF. I want to say that's random golf club as fuck. <laughs> it anyway, is. it's RGCAF to get 20% off all men's products, excluding clearance and fragrance. So no cheap candles, my guys. It's valid through the 29th. RGCAF at Abercrombie.com. It's good stuff. Do you have like do you, do you do Spotify playlists? Do you like make how do you how do you absorb your music? Um do you listen to music? Yeah, but like I'll listen to like a song or or an album. Oh, you you're like intentional. I'm usually pretty intentional when I like put on I I like having playlists. Sometimes people will make playlists and then send them to me and I'll put them on. How does that make you feel? It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, I love learning. I, I love listening to, to new music and stuff, you know? Uh, what about, what, 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 so what do you do in the car? A lot of times I'm listening, right? Like right now to to stuff that I'm working on. Right, right. Um, Why is Or that? I'll just put on something like Chopin or it, like I'm working on a piece by Chopin piano-wise. So... Uh, and then there's sometimes where I'll play like one of my favorite albums is uh, Coltrane's uh, uh, The Gentle Side of John Coltrane it's called and it's just so it puts me in a mood and um, I really like Frank Sinatra's Jobim collaboration yeah and uh, the Brazilian yeah, yeah so good and it's just so well produced and and beautiful um and i listen to you know beautiful harmonies i like harmonies i like uh i like good melody stuff and lyric stuff so um i'm still i mean all the kinds of stuff you know billy strings is really one of my favorite artists right now um but there's a lot of different artists that i love uh very much and great songwriters jason Hisbell. 
Nathaniel Rateliff, um, Tyler Childers and Sturgill Simpson and yeah. these guys. They're, they're sort of where I feel like I like to see music going in that direction. Um, and I like that people are gravitating towards that stuff now. That's cool. Um, but I'm also into like Luke Combs and, and, yeah. uh, you know, I like his music and, and, uh, Randy Hauser's a really good buddy of mine. Um, any thoughts on our, the, the course vlog that we shot where, where we filmed each of our shots. Just, what just recently? Yeah. Just like, Oh, when we yeah, did that thing yeah, together, people are going to potentially see us, us playing golf together. Was there, was there any, is there, is there <laughs> any, is there any words you wanted to add to that? You know, this is your, this oh, is your editorial geez. opportunity. Um, no, I just want to let it speak for itself, I guess. The art is complete. Yeah. I mean, it re I really haven't played much golf, so it's sort of like, you know, we got, we got some good shots in there. Oh yeah. You know, but it wasn't, uh, nothing to write home about. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard course too. I mean, it really is. It is. A, there's, there's, you can hit a great shot and it'll just bounce somewhere. You don't, you won't find it. Yeah. Yeah, the luck the luck goes both ways over there. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. As far as a venue is um is the luck reunion a, a, is that is that kind of number one for you? It's hard to beat being at home. Mm. You know, it's I literally I live there yeah. at the you know on that property and and or my parents do and I'm whenever I'm with them I stay there at this little house where I actually spent most of the pandemic. Um, so it's it, it's convenient and it's well run. The Luck Reunion folk uh, really run it well, and yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm glad that it's I'm glad that it's there. I mean, there's some amazing venues all over the world for different reasons. Red Rocks. Any questions for me? Um. What do you get when you cross an elephant and a rhino? I already know this one. Elephino. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your time, Lucas. This is fun. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks. Look forward to seeing you on tour. Me to too. Yeah. You, anytime you want to come out and just let me know ahead yeah. of time. We'll, we'll, we'll take you out for play some golf. golf in the morning. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, I can usually play like a nine o'clock round, 930. And then if I'm done by, you know, to that's go to sound check, to me. you know round of golf and then just go blast a show depends on sometimes if i i like you know i like the when i don't have to do a sound check because then i get <laughs> i don't have to wake up early to play golf i can go at you know 11 and be fine yeah yeah because you're up pretty late on a show night i don't presume like it's hard to even go to sleep i would bet it, it's difficult depending on when the show ends i mean it just takes me a long time to wind down after that and yeah. you know usually it's two or three in the morning before i'm i'm, I'm asleep someone uh, billy joel was my first favorite and i was reading an article about him and they and someone was saying you know they when he was doing the residency at Madison Square Garden, they they were at his house in Long Island. They took a helicopter to Penn Station. Mm -hmm. He went on stage, and then afterwards they left. And the writer was saying, you know, Billy Joel, is it hard to leave your home and then just all of a sudden be on stage at Madison Square Garden? And he said, No, that's the easy part. Yeah, the hard part is leaving the stage and then going home. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You just gotta like, you know, 
all that energy is just like oh. is it a drug in and of itself yes yes it is i think it's adrenaline <laughs> <laughs> science would say yeah i think i think it is technically a chemical reaction that produces a drug yeah I would love to experience that. Jump out of an airplane. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll bet it's the same. Because yeah, you're spending the whole flight up just being like, oh, fuck. I don't fuck, actually fuck, think fuck. it's the same, though. It's not the same type of adrenaline. Like it, So I do think there are more, there are different chemicals at work when you play a great show. It's more of a just complete euphoria yeah. than it is a sort of like a... Doom, 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 yeah. You know, like adrenaline can be also anxiety inducing, yeah. which is not the feeling that you get when you play a great show, when you end a song, when the crowd's singing along and people are just there with you. It's this sort of like almost this very fulfilling feeling where yeah. you just, you're feeling like I'm doing what I'm meant to do and my life is going well, <laughs> you know, yeah. all these things. Life is fun. It's okay. Everything's going to be fine. Bob Marley, you know, everything going to be all right. <laughs> you know, you almost, you, you have this position there on stage where it's like, you're simultaneously connecting with all of these people and you're also kind of conducting the experience. Like you could stop playing and maybe everyone would get quiet or you could, you could kind of like write whatever record you want in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. You, that's what the, the idea is to curate, um, an energetic sort of journey experience for, for the audience yeah. and have them be with you all the way and figure out how to capture them and hold them and, and, you know, ease on the brakes a little bit when they need a breather and then keep it to the point where they're just engaged because it's impossible not to move, to look away, to cry, whatever, you know, it, you're, you're, you're presenting on experience to people you know and you are sort of trying to stop time for a minute and let time sort of catch up when it's all over is the hope now yeah. <laughs> he's just he'd hobbling like to, he'd like to stop time yeah buddy hey buddy um all right man. Oh, yeah.